because I want to put in the colours that were around at that time when the artists were doing it. Mm. And the only way you can do it is to copy old pictures. There's nothing wrong with doing this. And uh, people think, oh, we shouldn't do that. Oh, yes, you should. That's exactly what you should do. Because you can never make it the same. It It can't be done. You could never reproduce a picture exactly the same. You wouldn't want to. But you can copy the idea of that and then put your own stamp on it. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hey, Dad. Hi, Stevie. How's it going down in Broadstairs? Um, well, the weather's not too bright today. Um, we've had a lovely week, a uh, really gorgeous week. It was spring-like over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, but it's gone a bit dull today, but it's not raining yet. So mm. there is uh, that to be said about it. No, how, how am I? I'm good. I'm very good. I, I've done something a bit different this week, Steve. You know, uh, my love of uh, late Victorian uh, pictures and so on. Well, what I've done is I've done uh, a really attractive scene. Not only is it very traditional kind of of that era, but it's also some new colours because I've used. And they are, they've come up really well. And so much so that um, I've got another little project, which you don't know about yet, uh, which I'm going to use one of those colours in it. And I haven't really used it before. So uh, something interesting. So, you, you, yeah, because I saw the picture. You sent me an email of the picture, the, the recent picture that you've done, mm. and it does seem mm. to have a different sort of tone to it. Um, mm. what, how would you describe that tone? Because it's not your... It's almost like it's less saturated tone. Do you know what I mean? Well, a lot of a lot of the old pictures, Steve, um, kind of mellow, or or should I say, the old paintings, because it's not a photograph. It, it was actually a painting that I took it from, uh, and I would imagine it was about eighteen sixty, just a guess. And the the paintings, of course, do mellow. They they have a. Like furniture is the same. Anything antique really um, has a a mellow uh, look to it. And I think that's what happens. So what I've done when I've looked at this, uh, I've kind of followed the as it is now. Mm. But when it was done originally, it may have been a lot brighter than that. Do you see what I mean? Mm. But I love the mellow look. I think it so I kind of made it sort of old worldy. Yeah. It's like an old worldy picture. It looks a bit more vintagey. That's how I describe it. it. Got it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Exactly what it is, yes. But that is my kind of thing. It's really, you know, if, if I was going to do nothing else for the rest of my life, that's what I'd do. Mm. All of that kind of thing. Uh, I do like to read the changes, you know, and I love the animals and they, they come out brilliantly. But um, I think one of my real passions is that era. Because the vin- I mean, if you were doing a an obvious vintage landscape, it would be like the sepia or the, the you know the black and white or the the, the grey tone or something like that. That's an obvious to me. That's an obvious vintage type scene. But this is a colour vintage scene. Mm. So how do you do a colour vintage scene? How do you change oh, the tones? Oh, that's easy because it was a painting. So it's been it's a photograph of a painting. Ah, oh, okay. Do you see what I mean? It, 
obviously belonged to somebody years and years ago, well out of copyright. And uh, I wouldn't, it's not, it wasn't a fantastic picture, you know, it wasn't a, a masterpiece, so to speak. Uh, but I, these are the kind of things that I like to do. So obscure, I've not never seen it before. I don't know the artist. It's uh, purely unknown. So it, these are the kind of things I look out for and like to do because no one probably, I very, very much doubt if anybody's ever seen it mm. or would recognise it, should I say. But how did you pick different tones? Like what, what particular tones did you pick to make it uh, this vintage style? Is there specific colours you can give mm. that you mm. picked to make yes, it this I can, style? I can tell you the colour that I was talking about just now, the one that I used, I used it in the sky and I used it in the water. I'm giving you a little bit away here, Stevie. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was a blue. It was 156 for all those who want to reach their pastel pencils. Um, you'll see it. It's 156. And it's a really pretty colour. Uh, like a, a, It's like a turquoise you know, turquoise colour? Yeah. Light turquoise colour. And what I did to combat that, and I used that for the sky as well as other colours, uh, and then I also used 157, which is next to it, 156, 157. So it's got the same tonal, but it's a lot darker. So I could use that to oh. uh, create um, a, um, a, a stronger tone. Yeah. Yeah, and then again, and that's like being a turquoisey colour. It's not so blue, you know. So that's you're right. using the that's sky, right. so it is almost a little less saturated. So it's mm. a little mm. less um, lighter. Yeah, uh, and that's I suppose where I'm trying to get this idea of a more vintagey mm. look. Is it's not blue blue? Uh, it's a turquoisey blue, and that's what gives you this that's overall right. uh, tonal shift to a vintage scene. But what I did, when I came down to the water, uh, I used the colours I said I did, uh, before, the 156, but I also used 140 as well, which is which is a blue, mm. more common mm. blue that we've used before. Okay. So those, um, I, I used that on top, so it kind of added a little bit more weight to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah it it worked yeah. brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, I really liked it, and it... it I mean, I, I know <laughs> we're not going to be able to show people it just yet, but it's just interesting the idea that you can uh, that you can shift this kind of uh, scale of you know if you're doing the older scenes, uh, the more vintage scenes, the eighteen hundreds, you know, Victorian era. This is the kind of tonal uh, you can the kind of tones you can choose for mm. for that kind of look. I can't wait till we get to reveal it and talk about it because there was lots of different feelings that that came from when I just looked at it, I just went, wow, this is, you know, I, I just like, there is a certain feeling that you get, I th well, I got from looking at this picture. Uh, and I say, we talk about this a lot with your pictures about how they tell stories. And I felt like this instantly spoke to me in the sense of a, a story. And I don't know if anyone else out there, you know, feels the same way when they look at your work, but especially your landscapes, they do tell stories. They do have feelings come mm. from them and uh and that that one more specifically and the one the, the new landscape that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks uh very recently uh, i've sort of had to say to you like this instantly gives a feeling like across to me and it's like mm. it's a pretty pretty amazing well i tell you what actually people are going to get a, a bit of a bonus with this because during the making of the video 
you know, I chat nine to the dozen. I keep going on and on. But what I do is, is I talk as I think. And as I was doing this, I was telling a story as I was doing it. Really? Yeah, I, there's one particular scene in the little characters that I put in there, and I was talking about them as though they were real characters and, and the clothes that they had on and all that. And I kind of, I was talking it, this is how I, I think when I'm doing a painting. I think about it and think it as a story or a moment in time as a real situation. And people will will hear that. And I think I probably will do that more and more as uh, time goes on, because I'm sure that people, uh, you know, all the members looking at the videos would get the same feeling about the picture as I would. It's almost like a, an art critic, you know, pick, pulling it to bits, saying, oh, look, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Bradley has done this and why he's done that is because of this and because of that and so on. Well, I preempt that because it's me actually doing the, uh, the talking. Mm. And, and I think I'm sure people will like, because I'm, I'm watching it back at the moment, because I always watch the videos back to make sure I don't miss a bit. Otherwise, it would be a problem. <laughs> uh, so I get, I'm listening back. So, and I'm actually listening to myself to, telling the story. See what I mean? Yeah. It's... So I get the same kind of reaction I think probably members would get when they read it. Fascinating. See what you get, folks. All this and a picture. It's like, it's like when you say capturing a moment in time, it's like you're taking a photograph then. Mm. It's like... You're more than doing that. You're not just taking a photograph. You're kind of putting character into the photograph or, or, or the painting. You're putting the character... Even, even when it comes to another part of the picture, which I'm not going to say any more about, um, even that, I kind of went through that in... I've got to do this and I'm going to do that. I've got to do this and I'm going to do that because. Mm. You get the idea? Yeah. I mean, so, and, but that's how I actually paint. That's how I, and I'm sure other artists do as well. I'm mm. not just alone on this. Everybody would do that. But you don't hear them. You don't hear them talk. You just see the end result. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good because you've almost got a little narration going on with the picture as well. So they're seeing, mm. you know, where, where it's coming from. And I'm sure other people and, and do share your experiences if you, you know, have a similar thing when you're doing landscapes and you kind of, uh, you get you, you kind of go through this similar process that you go through of telling this story and creating this because I suppose because you're copying a picture you're 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 sort of following something anyway so this the, the basic structure is done for you but then you get to put your own story into that oh, picture yes. is that oh, right so very much so yes you're not copying someone else's story no 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 I'm not no I'm co- copying the idea. I'm copying the idea. Oh no, the picture doesn't look it doesn't look exactly the same as the picture that I've just done. Mm. I copy the idea of that picture because, to be honest, I'm not. I wasn't around in 1860, believe it or not, and I um, can only go by pictures of, of this kind that are in colour. Mm. I know I can pick up old photographs, but as you say, they're usually black and white or tinted and. Uh, sepia and that's no good to me if I want to put colour in because I want to put in the colours that were around at that time when the artists were doing it mm. and the only way you can do it is to copy old pictures there's nothing wrong with doing this and uh, I, people think oh we shouldn't do that oh yes you should that's exactly what you should do because you can never make it the same it can't be it can't be done you could never reproduce a picture exactly 
the same. You wouldn't want to, but you can copy the idea of that and then put your own stamp on it. Mm. That's really good. It's uh, <laughs> We've gone on about this for quite a long time, but I thought it was quite interesting. And, and another thing that you picked out, the, the kind of parallel that I could relate to when you said about uh, when you're you're thinking it and you're saying it at the same time when you're doing the videoing. So you're thinking about this story and then you're saying it at the same time. That's on, on a completely different subject, but on the same line is with Shakespeare. If you, the idea is with Shakespeare, you know, that when you're saying Shakespeare's lines, these should be new thoughts coming into your head and there's no delay in you thinking them and saying them. So you're yes. almost not thinking about what you're saying. And that's, I think uh, from what you know, I've watched a documentary recently about it, and what I've learned about studying it is that it should just be so spontaneous. Like these thoughts are coming into your head, and then you're saying them. And when you get that right with Shakespeare, i.e., when you stop thinking about what you're saying and just let it flow, that's when the best performance mm. will come. Um, Absolutely, and yeah. that's why it's so satisfying to, to say and do uh, and to hear Shakespeare and to speak Shakespeare is because you're not you're not creating a, a delay or a barrier or any thoughts in between. You're just saying it. Uh, and it's like just what you, it's the way you describe when you're painting and you're almost, I suppose when you're painting, it's a similar thing. What you're thinking about is what you're painting and what you're saying and your story is what you, is what you're thinking about. There's no, there's no thing, nothing blocking you, nothing distracting right. you. It's just what is in your brain is, I'm trying to visually demonstrate it on an audio podcast, but it's like it's it's just going through into one and then coming out on the paper. Absolutely. What all you're doing is interpreting. I mean, your Shakespeare, your Shakespeare, and I know you're doing a lot of Shakespeare at the moment, or you know, readings and and your involvement in the Shakespeare Society. But so you know what you're talking about. I want people to know that they're thinking you probably got that out of the air, but you're not. You you have actually had some experience of this, and. By you, what you're using is somebody's words of what, 500 years ago, 400, 500 years ago? Mm. And you're using the words, but you're putting the feeling to them. You're putting the character to them. You're putting the meat to it. You, I mean, you know, you know, and we've talked about it. You get some actors who just do Shakespeare. They, they say the words oh, well, that's what they're written, so I'm saying them. But you know that that's not the right thing. You take the words, you use the words, but you put your own feelings and and thoughts and natural ability you have to it. And that's what the difference between a good actor and just someone who's just going through the motions, really. Mm. Mm. Same with painting, Steve. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's, it's similar, I mean, it's all art, isn't it, in the sense of uh, creativity and art and expression. So Mm. it's it's a similar thing, you know, the the more concentrated and focused you can be uh, in the zone when you're doing your art is you're going to get the, the, I suppose, the purest expression Mm. of what's going on in your brain. This is coming through, too, from the members' communications we get we know that that's actually coming through them, that we know that they're doing that. I mean, obviously, you've got the techniques to, to worry about and you've got the colours to worry about. You've got all this to worry Okay, we, we appreciate that. But the pictures that are coming through that we're seeing now in, in their hundreds almost now, uh, they speak to you, don't they? They come off the page and they think, wow, you know. I mean, the same picture, you could see it half a dozen times. 
and each one's got its own character. It's like having a family mm. of, of, of the kitten or the whatever. Mm. And they've all got their own personality. Now, that is coming from the artist. The artist is putting that into it. Mm. So they're putting their own stamp on it, which is what I want them to do. And, and for goodness sake, when you do it, when you do my work, when you copy my projects, copy the projects, copy all the ideas, same as I'm doing with this old picture, but, but um, try to put your own stamp in it. Try to put your own character in it. Think about what you're doing and, and enjoy it mostly. That's the most important thing. Enjoy what you're doing yeah. and it'll come out naturally then. Mm. Yeah, that's a good, good bit of advice. Anyway, that went on for a lot longer than I thought. So should we go on to some questions and feedback? Have we got time for the questions now? Uh, no, I don't know. I think we're oh, just well, going to well, have to... Well, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll whiz through some of these um, these nice emails uh, that we've got here. First one's from Kathy. Hello, Colin. Thank you for the free watercolour tutorial. I enjoyed watching it and wish I had a course like it when I first started painting. For my birthday, my daughter gave me a set of watercolour paints and told me that I had a new hobby. That was 13 years ago and I've struggled to learn from books. Since I found you on YouTube, I've been doing pastel pencils and my watercolours have been in a drawer. I was very tempted to get them out, but as a member of your class, I'm halfway through the three months, and I think I will stick with pastels. I I still have so much to learn, and will rejoin at the end of the year. If you still do the watercolour going, then I'll probably give it a go too. My problem is I spend so much time watching and not enough doing, although I have painted my Black Labrador, which I'm really pleased with, and that's from Cathy. Oh, that's lovely, Cathy. Well, a couple of things I'll pick up on on that. First of all, yes, Put your watercolours away for the time being and do pastels. But remember they're there because there will come a time when you'll think, I feel like a change. And what better place to do it than our other watercolour site? There's so many there, good ones, that you'll enjoy. And the way we do watercolour, as you know, if you watch, watch them, is different. Mm. We, we're a little bit – it's a bit easier, to be honest. We, we don't do the wishy-washy watercolour, which relies on uh, effects – and ability. Our watercolours, you can get away with a lot more than you could before. And also, the pastel pencils, by using them and doing all the projects, you will learn the basic techniques of pastel pencils, which will also help you with watercolour. They cross over really well. Or do some watercolour work with pastel pencils on top, which is another thing we, we advocate and enjoy. There's so much that uh, you can do. But well, the other thing I'd pick up on is you're watching the videos. That is important. It's as important to watch the videos as much as you can because that's the only way it gets through. You get through new techniques. And, oh, I didn't know. Look, I would noticed he did that before. Now, why? And then you question it. Then you learn a new technique mm. and practice it. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just watching and, and learning by watching. I mean, uh I've watched so many of your tutorials now that I could probably pick it up and do it. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could, Steve. Yeah, yeah, you could. So it's never a bad thing. So thanks, Cathy, and uh, keep us posted with how you're getting on as well. Uh, the next one comes from Sue. Um, Hi, Colin and Steve. I recently did a pastel pencil demonstration, which I told you about in a previous email, and I promised to update you. The demonstration went really well and generated some interest. I did a small workshop the following week, which eight people took part in. The two-hour workshop just flew by and was very successful. I mentioned your name and website and think you may now have some more pending future members. Kind regards, Sue. 
That's great. That's really, really good. That's heartwarming, isn't it? Uh, I think that um, we're going, we talked about this, we're going to be uh, putting on the website, as soon as I can get round to it all, uh, the pointers to demonstrating and workshops. You know, we've, we've touched on them, haven't we, in the website, but I, I'll go into a bit more detail. Uh, the th- sort of things that you're, you're, you're going to face, uh, the challenges you're going to face, and the, the way to get over them. Mm. Uh, there is a kind of, these are the way I did it, but uh, you'll find your own way, but it's good to have some kind of guide, I think, mm. to help you with that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and it's great to hear, Sue, that you did the workshop as well. Um, you got some people interested in, in doing a workshop as well. I mean, that, I imagine that's a whole, whole different ball game as well. In a way, Steve, it's easier. Yeah. Yeah, workshops are easier than demonstrations. A demonstration is when you have people all eyes on you and they're sitting back, relaxing, and that kind of like waiting for you to make a slip, really. And uh, so you're kind of, you know, on edge. And you're public speaking, that's what you're doing. But when you're doing a workshop, it's the other people who are doing the work and all you're doing is overseeing it. And I wouldn't say there's any less skill to it. You, there is a skill to that. Uh, but you, uh, but, and you could say, well, yes, but what if they go wrong? I've got to put it right. Well, you have or, or you should do. Um, but uh, no, I think workshops are actually easier than demonstrations. Right. Uh, from, from the point of view of, of, of um, you know, fright and, you know, oh, my Pressure. goodness, you know, panic attacks and sleepless nights. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, whenever I did it, when, when I first started, after a while it was okay, but I, when I first started I was much, much more nervous when I was going to do a demonstration than I was if I was going to do a workshop. Mm. Okay, cool. Well, then, that's brilliant uh, news, Sue. We're really chuffed to hear that. So um, if you've got an update, uh, and let us know. Keep us posted, as always, and uh, if anyone else out there has been asked to do demonstrations, let us know. We always love to hear that. And anything that we can give you advice on, um, if you're nervous about this, then then we'll carry on doing so um, because it's spreading the word of the pastel pencils as well. And um, we like to in- encourage you and, um, and help you guys out. So great. Uh, the next one is from Wendy. Uh, Wendy sent us a picture. She says, hi, Colin and Steve. I've just started doing a picture of my granddaughter and a kitten sitting on children's building blocks. It is proving very challenging, but I'm enjoying doing it. Having just listened to your podcast about backgrounds in portraits, I thought I would ask you advice. I have attached a photo and I'm working uh, that I am working from, and I am considering doing a mid soft grey bluish background with white where the light streams down on them. This then leaves me with the decision of what colour to do the carpet. I'm thinking a dark of, darker shade of beige than is in the photo. What are your thoughts on this? I've only just started the face of my granddaughter, but I feel I need clarity about what I am aiming for. I found your podcast really helpful, and it has made me think more about choosing colours to complement and help the figures stand out. Wendy. So the picture um, I think we can put on the the show notes of this podcast. So if you're listening on on the website, uh, you should be able to load up this picture and have a look. I, I obviously sent this picture on to you, Dad. We we sort of had a little discussion about it and sort of sent some quick advice back to Wendy. But this picture's got a kind of an interesting tone about it, hasn't it? Well, you've got, you've got several problems with this kind of thing. You're absolutely right. The first thing is the colouring isn't very great. And I've always maintained that 
if you're doing a portrait in particular, but, but it applies to animal work too, you've got to have the very, very best picture you can to work from. This one is not really. It's a lovely picture and it's a lovely photograph, but, the, but a lovely photograph doesn't necessarily mean a great pastel painting because you need to have those individual colours uh, picked out and the face would be difficult to do. You'd find uh, a few problems with it. You'd have to make a lot up and that's always a bit risky, especially when you're starting out. Now, the second thing is the lighting. The lighting's behind and that doesn't help either. But the most important thing I've got to tell you is the idea of selecting or having in your mind a background before you do the picture. That's dangerous. Because what you do with that, two things, first of all, let's say you chose a background and you put the background or you chose the colour and you started off saying, this is the colour I'm going to use. Uh, and then you maybe put some around it. Then you did the picture. Now you're going to be influenced by the colours you already put on, not by what you're seeing in the portrait. And what if at the end of the day it doesn't work? You've got to take it off. It's not the right way around. You need to have the picture done first, then worry about the background afterwards. Mm. Without, I, I would never, ever, ever do it another way. The only time when you ever see me do anything like this is if, if I'm doing, uh, let's say, uh, a, a large scene where you've got lots of little characters in it and so on, that is different because then it's, the, it's not a portrait as such. It's just a group or a, a landscape with people in it. So therefore, you would do it another way. But the way you're doing it now uh, with cat portraits or dog portraits or or even animals on their own, you know, I've done quite a few recently, haven't I, with just standing on their own. And I don't do the background first. I always do uh, the, uh, the the character first or the portrait first, then worry about the background afterwards. You might think it's more difficult, but actually it's a lot easier. Mm. Yeah, I, I can see exactly uh, your thinking behind that. The other thing you mentioned to me about this picture as well is the kitten. I mean, firstly, you've got a, an animal and a portrait in one picture. That's That's got to be hard in itself. But the kitten, you say, is on some is on some blocks or something. Uh, no, it's not. It's 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 it looks it looked to me as though it was squeezing between the chair leg. Right. What was happening? You were losing some of the the cat. You couldn't see it all. Now that presents a little problem because once again you're in the situation of make make it up job. You've got to make up part of the animal. Uh, that's okay if you're really really experienced. But even then, I would I would hesitate. If it was me doing it. And putting on building blocks, that's not a problem. No, you can, you can make building blocks up. That's not, a, that's not the problem. The problem is have you or can you see enough of the kitten to actually reproduce it as you want it? Now, this leads me on really very well, I think, to pictures, paintings that you would like to do, but the, the pitfalls that you've got to watch out for. I've listed all of those in this one. But there's a whole load more. You've got to look at a painting or a picture, or a photograph rather, and you've got to imagine it as a painting on the wall. How will this look? Can I interpret it correctly? I've got the right colours. Can I produce the colours? There's so much to it. All this really has to be done before you even get off the ground, you know, before you even agree to do something. More importantly, I think, is if you were to do a commission work, someone give you a commission and it was a poor picture, 
and you agree to do it, you're in a hiding for nothing then. Mm. It's, that, that's when the sleepless nights come along and the, and the stress. You don't need that. Mm. And also, uh, the, a couple of tips that I, I've picked out from what you said about that picture is um, that it's got to have more colour in it. So it's got to be more true colour uh, in right. the tone of the picture. But also the lighting uh, not necessarily coming from behind the subject because it's going to... Well, it's going to put it in shadow, I suppose, in a sense That's as right. well, uh, and you're going to lose the colour of the, the subjects. So if you can have the light facing or from a, a certain angle facing onto the, the subject, then you're going to get a truer representation of the colour. Is that right? That's right, absolutely right. Yeah. Some because what you couldn't do, Steve, if, if you followed the colours, like you've got them there, how what would you do for the background anyway? You'd, you'd have to make it lighter. You could make it darker. Mm. Otherwise, you'd have a really sombre picture. And if you made it lighter, that's going to take the eye. If you're looking at the painting, more importantly, when you're doing a pastel pencil or a, or a painting of a picture or a photograph, um, you could find that the background is taking the eye before the picture, the portrait does. It's very, very difficult. You've got to be really careful with this. Mm. And, you know, when you're going to spend uh, a week, two weeks, I don't know how long, you know, people would spend on a picture like that. Um, and all for nothing at the end of the day? I don't know. How much confidence loss would you have if it didn't work out? There is, that, to... there is that psychological side of things, mm. you know. If you're going to tackle something really tough, you've got to be prepared not to fail, but to to, to take a, a, a dent in your confidence if you don't get it right. Mm. And you will say, oh, it's all right for you, Colin. It never happens to you. Oh, yes, it does. It happened to me about uh, six weeks, seven weeks ago. I did a picture. I, I thought I'd got it right. I got this picture and I started it. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it off the ground. It wasn't working for me. I rubbished it. As soon as I rubbished it, that means tearing up focus to get in the bin. Uh, I had a lack of confidence. So what I had to do immediately, straight away, put another one on the chocks. But I put on something that I knew I would be okay with. Yeah. And it turned out brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. Restored my confidence, you see. Mm. So if you think, oh, it never happens to Colin, yes, it does. It happens to everybody, even the great artists. The thing is, you don't see him. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't normally tell you about it. It's just that I'm such a nice bloke that I would. But ordinarily... <laughs> If I had a big ego, I wouldn't tell you that. Yeah, that's good. That's a realistic side, a realistic way of thinking about it and looking at it and uh, a, a realistic experience of it. It's not all, of course all, it is. Um, of course it is pretty too. and perfect. So good. Okay, Wendy, I hope that helps. And I hope that helps other people out there that are choosing pictures and looking at pictures. Um, like I say, I think we've got that picture available to, to put on this uh, show notes and on the, the blog. So if you're listening online or if you're listening through iTunes and want to check out the picture, it's, it should be on our website with this podcast. Okay, great. Um, we'll leave it there then. Uh, uh, all these other people will have to wait until next week to be, oh, uh, dear, dear. To be I'm sorry, mentioned. Because we rambled on a bit at the beginning, but never mind. But- I think you'll find, though, that when, when people listen to this, they'll find there's a lot in that. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly got a lot out of it. I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, keep them coming. Keep your questions uh, uh, coming in. So go to colinbadleyart.co.uk and get in touch with us as normal, and we'll, uh, we'll mention your question on the show. 
Um, okay, good. So the brown bear went up last week. That's gone down an absolute storm. Everyone's really, really enjoying that. The amount of people that said that looked like a photo, uh, which it does, um, is amazing. You know, the, the photo realism of that subject, uh, the mm. response it's had is is quite overwhelming. So um, well done, Dad, on that. I'm sure people, when they said that, meant that as a compliment. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's it, it's not what I intended to do. I wanted to make it look like a painting. Never yeah, mind. This, the, well, the thing is, this is it. I mean, um, you know, if you if you zoomed it full screen, it's quite clearly not a, a photo. But when you're looking at it in a smaller smaller mm. area, uh, mm. it does look like a photo. It's because mm. it's you don't see the grain of the paper, you don't see the the strokes necessarily. And when you in, when you first look at it, you think you have to think twice about it because. You, the, the feeling that you get, the impression that you created with it, is a realistic impression. You know, the realism of the fur. You do, you do think, "Wow, oh my god!" And then you think, "That is artwork." <laughs> so, um, no, it's gone down really well, and hope everyone's in, enjoying it. Uh, like I say, the next one we'll have is a landscape, and that'll be in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about that close to the time because it's uh, it's another one of my favourites. Good. They're all favourites of yours now. I've got another favourite of yours coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, good. So uh, that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.